Hey, welcome back to Firefighter Kingdom. Uh, today's a, a great day. I have a, a good friend of mine, Captain Martinez, from the investigations. Uh, what's, the, what's the correct uh, name for your division there, brother? Fire Investigations Division. Fire Investigations Division, man. So that's uh, he's a good friend of mine. I call him Mondo just because uh, we, we have a lot of uh, history, especially in legislation. At the legislature, spending countless nights over there trying to pass legislation and We'll get into that. Um, before we get into that, uh, I want to definitely thank um, Vince Trujillo. Uh, Vince Trujillo is is uh, the guy with a plan that, that makes everything happen for us, man. And uh, he'll be on later doing our, our community section, asking some questions. And I, we definitely look forward to that. And I know uh, the fans and listeners look forward that, to that also. So, Mondo, how you doing, brother? I'm well, thank you. Thank you I for saw you me. on that pretty little mug yesterday on Facebook <laughs> at that graduation, man. Yeah. You look pretty sharp, man. Thank so you. you look like it. you should be on GQ magazine or something yeah. like that. Thank you. For sure. But uh, just, you know, just for the audience and also for everything. So how, how did you get involved in the fire service? And how, uh, how, how long have you been involved? And what did, what did you do for the rank, through the ranks? Sure. So fire service started a long time ago. It was never something that I, I grew up thinking, you know, I want to be a fireman. It, it wasn't something, you know, a little kid thing. But it grew into when I got into high school, I got, you know, I had an uncle in the fire service, uh, Gary Pribble, who's retired. But he would call me up when, uh, when it was a weekend and he'd say, hey, are you home? Yes. Okay, well, pack it. You're coming, you know, right. you're coming with me for the night. So I'd get my stuff and I'd, I'd get a sleeping bag and a pillow and a change of clothes and he'd pick me up. And I'd go work with him at Station 11 for the night and do a ride-along. And uh, I did that three or four times, and that kind of sparked my interest. Nice, and, man. Uh, so, soon in Albuquerque, uh, Fire and Rescue, the Station 11 page pretty hard, 11, right? 11 was busy. So, yeah, yeah, so you guys are running some calls yeah. there, right? Missed my first call there. I slept, <laughs> I slept through my first call there. So. Oh, yeah. That will never happen again, yeah, though, right? It was pretty neat. I got it out of the way. That's cool, brother. So, yeah. and then you, you went through the academy, of course, became a firefighter. and. Right. So uh, about 17 years ago, um, I start 17 in September. I uh, went to uh, the academy. I was 22 years old, went to AFD's academy, uh, got in, um, did the academy, you know, did piping. I promoted to driver right away. And uh, and actually during the fire academy, the fire investigators came into our class and they did their portion, you know, which is cool because it's something that I'm doing now. And they came in and they, they gave us their spill and told us what they did and you know, talked about their credentials and their background and what they did on a daily basis. And ever since then, I was hooked. I knew that's what I wanted to do and, and knew what direction I wanted to go. Nice. So uh, as soon as I promoted to driver, I was uh, started applying. Cool. And, uh, so how, how long were you in the field? I was in the field. It, it's It's been off and on for probably about seven years. Cool. Um, I got promoted to driver, drove for three years, finally got into arson, uh, Went to the police academy, and when I graduated from the police academy, there wasn't a spot for me in arson right away. So I went to the police academy and had to come back out to the field. Uh, went back to my truck. I was driving ladder 15 at the time, and uh, when uh, when a spot opened up, I took it and came into arson as an investigator. Right. Spent a few years as an investigator, promoted to the rank of lieutenant, uh, and was forced out by promotion. So I served a few years out in the field, mostly at 14s on the west side. Uh, hit a couple stations after that, and then got promoted to captain. And when I got promoted to captain, 
I came back into the fire investigations <laughs> division. Impressive, so, man. Impressive resume, bro. I'm, I'm proud of you. Happy for you, you, man. Appreciate and it. And you know, what, what, what other thing I'm impressed about is you went to two academies. Yeah. I mean, not everybody could do that. So it's, they weren't uh, two easy academies. So it was a police academy. Police academy is a lot easier, I'm sure, than fire academy, right? Uh, you know what? Come uh, on, man. I, Tell I'm the truth. I'm very grateful for both of them. They just right. both teach a very different way. Sure. Uh, for the police academy, it was very regimented, very structured, um, and very long. Six months academy. So Dang. we're there from, you know, 536 in the morning to 536 at night, five days a week, plus whenever they call us in on weekends. Um, so just the just the time that it took was was difficult um, as far as PT and, and um, the educational aspect. They give you what you need. So as long as you put in the work, you'll be fine. So that wasn't the problem as far as the fire academy. The physical fitness and the that aspect was was pretty tough. I I didn't know what I was getting myself into, right. and I went in as a little puppy man, and I was graduated <laughs> as a puppy, a man. but no, <laughs> I'm still a puppy. But uh, I right. I put on. I'm one of the few that put on weight in the academy just because I'd never trained like that. Right. So uh, grateful for it. Grateful for every minute of it. Chief Ortega was the chief that uh, that hired me, and you know I'm forever indebted for that. And you know. Here I am. A few more years, I'll retire. That's so nice, man. Grateful to. Be I mean, so I even it's it's basically you have two certifications. I mean, of course, you have firefighter, right. you know, one, two, like we all have, and wildland and education, hazmat, all that kind of stuff. But then you have the law enforcement, and that's what I don't think people understand because you know I, I've been around the country teaching firefighters all over the country, and I've been fortunate to do that. Um, but you know, there's a lot of uh, fire departments. We talk about their fire investigations divisions or arson or you know whatever if fire marshal's office that they call it, and a lot of them don't have the law enforcement aspect of it. They have to use their local law enforcement. So that's why you know honestly that's why I had you on. You've been a good friend for a long time, and just talking to you you know out there you know on the streets, just knowing your certifications, I'm impressed. You know so. Um, I don't think a lot of people understand that you guys actually carry a firearm. You guys carry handcuffs. You guys can actually arrest people right. and you're police officers, right? I mean, it's uh, we have the best of both worlds. There's no doubt about it. Um, we're all commissioned law enforcement officers. So most of us went through the APD's Academy and some of us have, uh, if APD wasn't throwing a class, some of us went to the LEA in Santa Fe, um, same credential because all of us are certified through the state of New Mexico to be law enforcement officers. So, you know, everybody went through the academy and we have every single uh, certification that any police officer on the street has. We just work nice. for the fire department. Okay. So good. our specialty is fire. You know, we don't go out and look for, you know, uh, pulling people over for DUIs. We don't look for domestic violence. Right. But when we do show up on scene, it's, it's incredible because we have the knowledge of being a fireman and we're able to see the fire for what it is. And then once we determined that there was actually a crime that was committed, we're able to flip, you know, without skipping a beat and put on our, you know, police officer shoes. And, and now we're looking at it from the police side and saying, okay, how can I articulate what happened? Right. Who did this? Why did they do this? And then from there, you know, we do the investigation, the documentation, we take our own evidence, we do our own photographs, uh, we do our own interviews, we write our own arrest warrants. Um, so we do the whole nine, but there's nothing lost in translation. Right. You know, that, that's the benefit that we have from most places throughout the country. And definitely the state, we're the only ones that have the hybrid right. system. Um, I can see that for sure. Yeah. I don't have to, 
as as a firefighter, I don't have to look at an investigation and then tell you what happened. And then you as a police officer that has no idea about fire has to write the report for me, you know, right. the, the criminal report. So, yeah, we're, we're blessed. And uh, absolutely. Uh, I love our system. So Albuquerque Fire Rescue does it right, man. It seems like as far as arson goes. So, I mean, what I can get out of this is don't don't start no fires in Albuquerque, right? Because yeah, Mondo's going to be after you, man. We, we have Captain a, Martinez. I'm blessed. It's not me. It's my guys. Um, I'm blessed with, uh, we have three shifts, ABC shift, uh, driver and a lieutenant per shift. Uh, they're on call 48 hour shifts, just like the rest of our trucks. So we have ABC. Uh, I have a QA, a quality assurance officer, and he, he's my numbers guy who gets me in order for everything. Uh, blessed to have him. And then we have a canine position, which is also on a 40 hour and that's a, uh, ATF alcohol, tobacco and firearms certified canine. Oh, uh, very and, nice. And canine okay. handler. So along with that comes uh, federal credentials. So we have two officers that work for me that are federally commissioned. So if we need to take a case to the federal side, we're able to do that as well. Dang. So that would work like even bombs or anything. Bombs, so like you guys devices, can bombs. work pretty much what an ATF agent would do. Your your uh, your crew or your, your men or cert- your men or women are certified in, in what they do. Right. We, we at least have we have a very good relationship with them. So if it's something out of our realm, but it includes the ATF, then it's just a seamless operation to work with them. Right. Um, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to see you on see you uh, your division on the fire scene, and I think the, I think the dog was actually your guys's, or it might have been ATFs. I'm not sure, but I was just on, on the way over here. I was driving over here. I was just thinking, like, so if uh, one of the dogs hits like an accelerant, say a piece of evidence, you might think you might uh, think that it may be arson in the structure fire, whatever the case may be, um, and you collect that piece of evidence. What do, what do they do? If, what do you do with it from there? Okay. So let me just clarify a little bit with the dog. Sure. We have the dog, but we don't just walk into a structure and turn the dog loose and say, hey, Wheezy, you know, okay. go tell us what happened. Right. The dog stays in the truck until we go through and we do our investigation. Oh, okay. If our investigation tells us, you know, this fire was intentionally set in the back bedroom or the closet or whatever, you know, wherever it is, then, you know, we let our, our fire patterns determine and the fire tells us where to go. Once we say, okay, cool, this fire was in the bedroom and it couldn't have been electrical, it couldn't have been this, it couldn't have been that, we rule everything else out and we know it was incendiary, intentionally set, then we let the dog loose and we run Wheezy through it and then she will confirm what we already think, looking for accelerants. Oh, okay. So then she walks through the room and uh, and, and what she does is she, she sits down and then she hits it with her nose where the accelerant is. Oh, she's okay. incredible. You know, I'm sure we could post Very a link nice. somewhere to watch her work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Give us some videos. We'll put it up. She's incredible. And uh, so then she'll hit, you know, let's call it this right here. She smells some gas here. She hits on this and then she backs up and then Ron feeds her. And then he says, okay, Wheezy, show me again. Then she hits it with her nose again. Then he gives her a little bit more food. Cool. And, uh, and then we take a sample from that. And then she may hit on this and she may hit on this, but we're only going to take samples exactly from the position that she hits on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's and, how it works. Okay. Uh, so then we pull the dog off, we collect our samples, and because she's an ATF dog, we send them off to the ATF lab, and that's how we get our test results. Oh, okay. So then that's a, when you get your evidence and you use it for court, whatever you yeah. have to use it for. Excuse me. Um, 
So yeah, I was I was just curious, man, because I I've seen um, the dog, you know, inside of a structure, like you know, once or twice, or whatever. But I, you know, I didn't know there was a such a process, and yeah. it goes to show that I'm not an arson person. So, yeah, but uh, firefighters just go in there, we start destroying everything, which you probably yes, hate. You do. Yes, you do. <laughs> so we've had that conversation so, many times with right. the field units. So, so we just go in there, destruct it, yeah. start doing salvage and overall pulling everything down. Yes, and you do. So I guess yeah. that sometimes when you think it that happens. there's there's steps in the process for everything. So yeah, for, for anybody who hears this, if you the minute you think that a fire is incendiary or something looks weird or is out of place, you know, do your best. Stop the fire, you know, get fire under control and babysit that fire, you know, put it out. But definitely no overhaul until we get there. Sure. You know, let us walk in, take some preliminary photos right. before you start ripping drywall, before you start popping all the windows and pulling the roof. Spraying, uh, the, spraying the gas cans you know, with all the way around mo- and everything. Moving, <laughs> mo- moving the entire living room set. Right. Outside, you sure. know, because we have to reconstruct the scene and put it all back. Right. So it uh, it helps to leave the scene as is uh, if if you're going to be calling us out. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. That's good to know, man. So, uh, you know, so I, I, don't, I think a lot of the, the public out there, just, they don't realize, uh, you know, how, uh, in, I mean, what the procedures are. There's actually procedures that go involved in, in being an arson investigator, especially sure. if you're police certified, using the dog, collecting evidence, send it to the lab. You know, doing your interrogation, and you guys actually do booking, right? You could book people. We do it all. You do it all. Yeah. So that's nice, man. That's nice. And you know, just just with that, I mean, with that said, you know, just with the bosque we have here, um, we know it's like a litter box there, and it's so dry nowadays. And you know, and there, there's sometimes that we have people that are lighting fires out there, right? And you know, I'm curious to the fact is how hard is it, or is it? Are can you even um, investigate if you see someone say light the bosque on fire or a wildland area? Um, do you investigate that, and can they be prosecuted? Very good question, and there's a lot that goes into that. So the way the current statute is written, there's nothing in there that protects wildland or vegetation. So the way the statute is written now, it has to be some sort of a structure that's damaged, something with the monetary value, be it a fence, a wall. Um, you know, I, I, I have the, uh, the statute here. It's 3017.5. So it says, uh, arson consists of a person maliciously or willfully starting a fire or causing an explosion with the purpose of destroying or damaging. Number one is a building, occupied structure, or property of another person. Number two is a bridge, utility line, fence or sign or number three is any property whether the person's own property or the property of another person to collect insurance for the loss okay that that covers nothing with wild land right. there's nothing to include vegetation trees shrubbery grass so the bosque is nothing but all those things i just mentioned right so if you go in and you light a fire on public land that's owned by the city of albuquerque there is not a charge that I can charge you with right now. Right. So unless that person damages a fence, a utility line or something like that in the bosque, I technically do not have a charge. Right. Um, we have made arrests in the bosque because we've witnessed, uh, you know, fire setters in there that have actually d- damaged fire or uh, damaged property and lit fires on state land in the bosque. The bosque is broken down into many different pieces of ownership. The state owns some pieces. Albuquerque owns some pieces. There's open space. I mean, it's it's a bunch of different people who own slivers of property along the bosque. So depending on where the fire is, will allow us to charge certain things. If the fire is on state lands, there is a charge that's separate for fire on state lands. 
But if it's anywhere else, the way the statute reads, we cannot burn just for burning Jeez. down the trees and the vegetation. Jeez, that's crazy. That's sad, man. It's because sad. you know, yeah. you know, I've been personally been in, in Bosquet fires and. Oh, yeah? And, you know, we have them all the time where, you know, have homeless or whatever, you know, lighting fires and just being careless or even people who aren't homeless being careless. And, you know, it's such a beautiful area. And, you know, the public uses it for recreation a lot, yeah. for exercising, biking or rollerblading, whatever you may, you know, whatever they do. And, uh, you know, so and with that said, I, I know that, you know, uh, the reason I asked that question, because I know we're in uh, Santa Fe during the legislature working on this. Right. And. And I know you basically were sleeping up there, yeah, man, we're, just we're working trying. on it constantly. Yeah. And there were some there were some hangups, man. And I was just curious: Are you guys going to try again in the sixty day session? We we plan on we plan on going back up. Um, we made it all the way through the session until it hit our last committee, and uh, and it, and it died in our last committee. Up until then, we had uh, we had passed our votes unanimously, right? Um, and it's happened that way a couple of times through a couple of sessions, right? And uh, this last year, for whatever reason, the verbiage of wildland is what the hiccup was about. So I'm hoping to readdress it and to get everything clarified prior to going up to Santa Fe. That sure. way, when it is introduced, you know, it's a, what I would hope to be a simple fix. Uh, it's, it's that, you know, Santa Fe is not my realm. I don't pretend to know it very well. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's way out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And... I think the best thing that I can do is just educate people just like this show and say, hey, you know, we love the bosque. We love the foothills. You know, people throughout the state love their, you know, their, their wooded areas that, you know, are special to them, that give them a place to camp, that give them a place to go, you know, walk the dogs, take a family walk. And most of those places are not protected as a current statute reads. Right. So, I mean, I mean so, uh, you know, I'm glad we're, we're talking about this. So, you know, people, you know, members of the public that are hearing this, I mean, call your legislatures because I know there are some hangups. And, you know, my opinion, I'm not a legislature. So, I mean, but, you know, my opinion, I, I think they were, you know, kind of petty. And, you know, I think if we start calling our legislatures and let them know how important the wooded areas are for you, for your recreation, sure. the bosque, the foothills, yeah. and knowing that, you know what, it could, people can burn them down, either on purpose or accident, whatever the case may be, but they need to follow the, the, the fire ordinance laws or the burn restrictions that are in place at the time. You know, they're not there just to, you know, so, you know, we can be jerks about it. They're there for a reason. So you protect them. So, you know, our kids could, uh, you know, when they grow up and be adults, they can enjoy them, you know, just like they do. Um, but for sure, you know, I'm, I'm willing to help whatever I can in this legislature, you know, with the, with the state association. And, you know, so just let me know how we could assist. And I'm definitely, of course, on your side, Mondo, like Appreciate you have been it. before, Thank man. Thank you. No, no problem, brother. So um, I just, I kind of wanted to bring uh, uh, Vince Trujillo in. He's uh, so we have our community segment, and you know, so we like to talk about instead of um, we'll ask you questions that sure. may come from the community. So, Vince acts like uh, you know, um, I mean, he, he is a person of the community and he has good questions. And so, I know there might be per, uh, questions out there that you know the residents of the city of Albuquerque or New Mexico may have, and so he's our guy to do that. So, okay. I'm gonna bring him in, uh, Vince Trujillo. I'll do my best, Vince. So, Vince Trujillo, the main man with the plan with the community. Uh, segment bro all right no thanks for having me i mean every time we have a segment robert it's like it gets more interesting it's like all this stuff i didn't know so just as a, as a regular community member it's like first of all thanks for everything you're doing out there solving all of these uh arson and, and people 
people starting fires just for who knows what reasons. But you mentioned some of the reasons, and that's when it, it gets called arson. You were saying so in the community. I, I was I wrote down a couple questions sure. that I was as you were going through. So one of the things that you're there to investigate is obviously is is there a malicious intent to the fire, right? Correct. Um, and even if there wasn't, right? Even if it's just well, it was malicious. A bunch of kids just hanging out in an abandoned house, and they start a fire, and it burns down the block. Would that be considered malicious intent? It, it would. Um, okay, so it could be. You know, were were they in a place that they shouldn't have been in the first right. place? How, oh, so it wasn't how, their property. How how, okay. how 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 did the fire start? You know, if you're willfully lighting these paper towel rolls on fire mm-hmm. underneath some wood pellets. That's pretty intentional. Right. If you're uh, accidentally hiding in the closet and you're lighting a fire by yourself because you have issues or for whatever, and it accidentally gets out of hand, Mm -hmm. then the intent was not there, you know, for that particular fire. So I I will not go into every fire is a certain way because every single fire is different. And you might go to the, you know, to a track house in a neighborhood and go to the same house 10 times all 10 circumstances are going to be different. Oh, wow. So yeah. you just have to, you know, whatever the evidence shows you, whatever the fire tells you, yeah. you have to work it. it so, so you're there looking for a crime with fire. That's basically it. Right. So so our division and, and our purpose is to go to a fire, investigate the fire, if the on-scene commander cannot make a determination. If, if the chief walks in and he's like, okay, it's food on the stove, or it's a dryer fire, or it's a chimney fire then he doesn't need us to go in and tell him it's a chimney fire. We go in when he can't figure out what happened, and he says, hey, guys, you know what? Fire started somewhere in that bedroom, but I don't understand, and I can't tell you how it happened. So then we go through and we do our progression, you know, scientific method, and and, then we just fall back on our training and we work it from there. So it's all, yeah. So you, you get called in if it's something unnatural, they can't figure out easily, like this exactly. was a naturally caused fire. So yes, I got to bring in these guys and they'll tell me whether it was some intent behind it or if it's just something I didn't catch. Correct. What once we go in and we make a determination on the fire, if we go in and we find a fire to be uh, uh, electrical, an accidental electrical fire, mm-hmm. we're going to stop and we're not going to touch anything else because the insurance companies are going to send their private investigators out and they have the big dollars and they're going to want to test, you know, everybody who has a piece of electronics in this area, they're going to want to see who's responsible for it. Once they find out who's responsible, they sue them and they get their money back wow. for the insurance claim. So the minute we can determine that it's not, there was not a crime committed, we pretty much stop and then we call it what it was. If there is a crime committed, then we collect the evidence and we take it from there. That's pretty cool. So you're like an advanced fire investigation unit. Like you try to figure out, determine at a, at a higher level. What are some of the first things you look at? You said you go into a scene and you hope that people didn't like, you know, destroy it. Or sometimes right. firefighters, man, you guys, you just want to go out there and make sure there's no fire. Yeah, we do. And, and, you, and you, you just like everything that could be fire, I'm destroying yeah. and I'm, I'm getting rid of. Rob's not as delicate as he looks. <laughs> I don't know, see? They don't call me gentle giant for nothing, you know? <laughs> you don't look delicate, but yeah, you know, but you're out there just to make sure it's gone, right? right. So you're destroying everything you can. And then you guys go in there. So what are some of the first things? So they call you in, they can't figure it out. And you just start looking around. Just, I mean, just, you don't got to go into depth, but just very sure. lightly is like, you're looking for a pattern of where the fire started right. so, and then so how it progressed. Everything starts from the initial dispatch, you know, whatever I can get from the alarm room calling and telling me, Hey, we got this fire at this address. Was it a domestic violence call before that? Mm-hmm. Did PD call it in? Because, the son just got kicked out of the house. So ah. that's when our investigation starts. And then it continues into the drive-in. 
you know, is there a car parked down the street that looks weird? Yeah. Like, you know, you get that, you know, kind of they call it the spidey senses. You get that funny feeling like something's not right here. That car's out of place. That person's out of place. You know, little things like that. So it starts from the call to the way in. And then once you get to the actual structure, you hear what the chief has to say or whoever it is. And then you are looking for patterns is the best, uh, you know, basically what what happens. Fire grows up and out and it leaves destruction along the way, you know, typically with the means of smoke. And you read the smoke patterns and you start from the unburned side and you go to the most burned. And it just forces you to work your way to one particular area. And, and, you, then, and more oftentimes than not, you end up finding finding out what it is? Yeah, definitely more oftentimes than not. There's still, there's a classification that's called undetermined mm-hmm. when there's a fire where, you know, um, it's 100% burn. This entire building is on the concrete. Right, like, right. I could probably still find an area of origin saying this fire started in the southeast corner, but I'm not going to be able to say 100% what started that fire without witness statements and, you know, without other things. So for the most part, yes, we're very good at finding out and and classifying it as to how the fire started. But there are some times where I don't care who it is, is going to have to say this, this is undetermined. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that brought in something you're saying that, you know, you interact with the community that way. So, you know, and I've, I've been on the inside of seeing friends or family members. And I, I guess I shouldn't even go. I might even cut this <laughs> who get who get interviewed by, you know, homicide detectives sure. or a, never an arson person. But as a member of the community, seeing somebody, you know, knowing somebody gets interviewed by someone from your unit, right? And right. You, they're under investigation. At that point, you're a law enforcement officer. Correct. And they're talking to somebody who can arrest them, who can pull their weapon. If, if, you, if the person is the guilty party and they decide they're going to get up and get the hell out of there, you can pursue them. You can arrest them and you can defend yourself if they pull a weapon on you or something. Correct. Yeah. Anything that you would have to expect from a, from a officer and in a badge and your typical, you know, your standard APD uniform or county uniform, any police officer uniform, we can do the same thing. With us, it's typically, you know, I'm not there watching you light the fire. So, you know, our standoff potential is a little bit less, but that doesn't mean that he's not hiding around the corner while I'm digging right. through his house and saying, hey, you know, something's wrong here and he can come back. So can that happen? Absolutely. Or he doesn't want it, you to... You know, taking the jail or like, he's like, I'm going to get busted Uh, for this. You know, we've, uh, you know, treating everybody with respect is the biggest thing that you can do. And our division, you know, is, is I I harp on that, you know, you could be a victim, you know, you could be the offender and I still need to listen to the both of you and, and understand your reasons as for what happened and why it happened. If a crime was committed, then I'm going to hold you to that crime, but it doesn't mean I have to treat you, you know, with any less respect. Um, We had a, a Lieutenant Stacy Blakemore, you know, we did an interview and he was thanked after the guy confessed for what he did because we were able to make arrangements for him to see his family and, you know, to to, to treat him well to where his, you know, we made it the best situation that, that it could be for him. Right. And, and the guy we're arresting is thanking us, you know, right. that doesn't happen too often. So, you know, if, if I need to read you Miranda, we read Miranda. Um Every fire is different, and it's going to dictate to us which direction we have to take it. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate sure. that. So just yeah. real quick, I have a question. If you don't sure. mind. So say I'm a homeowner, and I'm burning weeds in my yard, and it gets out of control, and it burns a neighbor's house down. Is that uh, – can you be arrested for that, or is that uh, a civil type the, thing? The, that's 
mostly civil because that's negligent. You're just being negligent, right? So, because um, it happens sometimes. I was just curious it, how that it happens. happens. That's a that's a negligent, you know, negligent arson. You did not intend. Right. The big word is intent. Right. I did not intend to burn your house down. Right. You know? Well, thank you, Vince. So, man. So uh, on the on the structure uh, on the structure arson part of it, man. How successful? Are you guys actually prosecuting people? We're actually finding them and prosecuting and actually holding up in court and putting them in jail or prison. Right. So arson is the hardest crime out of all crimes to solve. So, you know, right away we're already behind the curb. Um, it, it's, it's extremely difficult. Uh, however, you know, our division has a long track record of having fantastic numbers that are typically above the, uh, the national average. So I have a couple of years here, the two latest years that are available through uh, through the FBI uh, database is uh, for uh, the FBI national average for a city population of 500,000 to 1 million people is in 2017 was 15.5% clearance rate, meaning for every crime that they said was arson, they they cleared 15.5% of those in 17. In 18, they cleared 16.5%. Our division in in 2017 was 33 percent, and in 2018 was 23 percent. So we're always up above the national average by a significant amount. So nice, yeah. So that's very, good, man. Very, so very, don't very proud of our division. Don't try to start fires in Albuquerque, right? Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Captain Martinez, like I said, and he'll be after you. My boys will get you. So, yeah. So that's good, man. So, hey, Mondo, it's always great talking to you, man. Thank it's you, always Rob. good, and man. Yeah. Let's let's get together on that legislation and, and let's, let's start talking to legislatures and let's do it. Let's see what we can do. Let's make it happen. So hopefully, a third time's a charm. You know, so, yeah, that that would be great. the The biggest thing, and you've already mentioned, is people don't know. And Vince mentioned it. People don't know what we do or why we do it. Right. And people don't know that the majority of the state, which is open space and, and public land, is not protected right now. Right. The way the statute reads. So, you know, if, if anybody's willing to come out and, and show support for that and help us out, we're, we're more than welcome. Arms wide open. Right. Yeah. So good, man. Well, thanks again, uh, Captain Martinez, Mondo. Um, just a... Uh, I appreciate it, and thanks uh, for Albuquerque Fire letting you come out and talk to us, and thank you for the Fire Investigations Division for sure. being here, you being in charge of it, dude, and you're doing a great job, man. I, I even learned something today that, you know, a lot of stuff that I didn't know, right on. and I appreciate it. So, again, brother, so signing off from Firefighter Kingdom, I'm Robert Sanchez, Captain, uh, Captain. Martinez was here, and uh, Vince Trujillo, always want to thank him. Thank you for everything, brother. Signing off. Have a good day.